Google I.O., the search giant's big annual developer conference, just wrapped. Here are some of the biggest headlines from the virtual event. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Here run through the many, many announcements we heard is our Google reporter, Rich Nieva. Welcome, Rich. Hey, thank you for having me. So after taking last year off due to COVID, I.O. is back, and it felt like Google was a bit all over the place with a lot of different announcements. Did you see any kind of trend line or common thread with the announcements that came out today? Sure. So I think you're right. I think the announcements were kind of all over the place. There was stuff in quantum computing and AI um, and updates to you know the search engine and maps and in health. Um, so they it was it was a lot in kind of a lot of different areas. But what I kind of saw as um, as a through line was was kind of meta. You know, after after taking the year off. Um, and everything kind of being so chaotic over this past year, it, it really seems like Google is trying to put the focus back on its its products, right? Its products and its engineering, as opposed to this this extracurricular stuff um, where we we look at Google like problems with Google's corporate culture or or problems with antitrust. So it felt like Google really trying to focus on uh, what it does well and how it can help its users. Got it. And what announcement stood out the most to you, or what I guess? best sort of exemplified that that theme you saw? I mean, I think the, the announcements that are trying to better core search uh, really stick out because, you know, Google uh, is the search company, right? It's it's kind of the, the thing that they um, that they do best that they that they're they're known for. And so things like uh, an, a, an AI model called mum um, that tries to understand complex queries better. Uh, in terms of of understanding like the different layers within questions, um, you know that's going to be a, a big deal going forward when you think about how Google is trying to become uh, a, a better search engine, which is still its bread and butter. Yeah, you talked a little bit about this before the the show. Like uh, some of this was almost academic, right? Right. I mean, Google's got really um, uh, impressive chops when it comes to machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, and some some of what I think they were trying to highlight was kind of um, this this expertise, you know, it's it's something that a lot of other big tech companies, though they say they they have it, they don't really have the the, the AI expertise that Google has. And then, obviously, with Google I/O, Android is always a big deal. What are some of the big changes that they showed off with Android? There are some things that are, are that are noticeably different. Um, there's a new design. There's a new look to Android. They call it Material U, and they say it's the biggest design update for the platform since 2014. I think the biggest announcement is just um, was not a product announcement. It was uh, they announced that Android is now on three billion active devices in the world, which is um, a lot. You know, if, if you think about it, that that's a lot of devices, and just shows kind of how dominant the uh, the, the operating system is. Um, but on a product level, so they're trying to push a lot of different uh, privacy features, and and one of the kind of interesting ones, one of the, the most intriguing ones is called Android Private Compute Core, which is basically a cordoned off section of the OS that that handles processing on device. And it's it's unconnected from a network. Um, and it's it's separate from even other parts of the OS. And so uh, the thinking goes that that the, the data processing done there is going to be more private. And so there's 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 some actual interesting changes to Android. Um, you know, a lot of it is is just kind of 
this is the new version of Android, and they're gonna they're gonna announce a handful of updates. Yeah, and the the idea of a uh, this private compute core. I mean, I think it was in line with the fact that they mentioned how these phones are supposed to be safer, more private, more local to your phone. I think that was that was kind of a a theme we saw throughout the presentation, right? The the fact that they were trying to be more uh, proactive in defending your your privacy. Uh, you know, not you know, emphasizing again not that they wouldn't use your personal data for specialized marketing when it came to, to Gmail. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how how much of this is a beyond just sort of speaking to developers. How much of this is a message to potentially the regulators that are looking at Google with uh, with a more critical eye than they have in the past? Definitely, when 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 Google plans these events, I think they're they're looking to different audiences and and what they can say to different people. Um, and I think more than that, the 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 privacy updates kind of seem pushed by by how, how they're trying to react to Apple and and all of the changes that Apple has made with with iOS fourteen. And so, you think about the the, the app transparency tracking updates that that, that Apple has. Um, Google didn't announce something like that. Actually, when I asked the Google exec about that, uh, it was interesting. He was very coy. You know, I asked him why they weren't doing it, and he said. Well, how do you know we're not doing it? Uh, and but and when I pushed him further, he just said that they have nothing to announce. So that's that's something to watch out for. That's such a great non-answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and you know, kind of going back into the sort of the, the political realm, I mean, the, one of the uh, criticisms that Google's faced by Congress, really on both sides, is you know dealing with misinformation. Uh, they they took a chunk of time talking about how. Their, their search engine was going to fight fake news, right? Like, how, how is this supposed to work? Yeah, so they announced a new label on search results called About This Source and or About This Result. And um, what it does is give you more context around around what, what that piece of uh, information is. So, like, when it was uh, indexed, uh, which could speak to how, how current it is, um, a description of the site, uh, and Google is working with Wikipedia on that. So... Um, just more context so you can kind of uh, think for yourself and, and judge how much you want to trust a, a given source um, when it pops up on Google search. Beyond, uh, so beyond Android, uh, there's obviously Google Maps, which is something that I feel like is universally used. What are some of the new features for Google Maps? Yeah, they, they came up with a lot of stuff for Google Maps. Um, a few of them are, are driven by the, the, the pandemic. So there, there's one new feature called area busyness. Um, they already have something that that looks at the, the busyness of uh, an individual place, like a restaurant. Um, but now they, they've expanded it to, to tell you how busy like a neighborhood might be or um, a set of streets, right? So if there's like a, a farmer's market there, um, that's attracting a, a big crowd. You can decide whether you wanna, wanna go there or, or, or avoid the, or avoid the people. Um, another announcement was um, they're making maps more tailored to the time of day. So just you know, if you if you look at a map, it could be overwhelming to see all of the different businesses and, and stuff uh, that pop up in a, in a certain area. So they're making it so if you look at the map at say eight a.m., you know you're not going to get a dinner place that that's not open yet. Um, or if you look at uh, the map at 9 p.m., you're not going to get a breakfast place that's already closed. Uh, definitely, definitely useful. Uh, interestingly, they uh, Google announced a partnership with Samsung to use 
some of Samsung's Tizen OS uh, to inc- and incorporate that into its own Wear OS for some sort of combined uh, wearables platform using some Fitbit technology. You, you've written a bit about Fitbit. Uh, I'm just curious what you think or how you think that might be incorporated in, into some of the, the upcoming wearable hardware we might see. Right. I mean, the, 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 the big thing about Fitbit is uh, their health data. They've got a bunch of health features that, that they've been collecting for years. So it'll be interesting to see how they use the Fitbit acquisition to turn their devices into, into health devices even more um, and how they can, they can use the acquisition to compete more with Apple. Because I think when people think of smartwatches, they, they think of the Apple watch and really nothing else. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they try to use Fitbit to compete. And Wear OS watches have, you know, done so-so to mediocre. Samsung watches have struggled, so maybe the two of them together combined with Fitbit might be a recipe for uh, for something that might better compete with Apple Watch. Uh, lastly, they they ended the presentation, well, almost, uh, it was one of the last announcements, with a tease of a experience almost like a telepresence experience where it looks like you're you're kind of you're talking to someone that's right across from you even though they're on a screen this is something called project starline what what is project starline so it's basically a next gen video chat you know if you think about the year that we've all had zoom has become kind of kind of a lifeline um and so the idea is it seems to be a reinvention of video chat where you're sitting across from somebody uh, or it, it feels like you're sitting across from somebody when they're actually in a different room or or a different continent. Um, and the way it works is that it it requires special hardware. Uh, you know, the the from from the video, it looks like you're in a, a specialized booth. And Google uses uh, sensors and and machine learning and uh, computer vision to kind of create a real time three D model of you. So the person sitting across from you in the chat thinks that you know it, it looks like it's it's a real person it looks like you're actually sitting in, in front of them is 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 the pitch um google didn't show us an actual demo so so we'll have to just kind of take the word for it for for now yeah that's one thing i'm eager to to see if it exists right now like you said the demo was fairly quick it wasn't really a demo it was just sort of some canned footage it went by really quickly which made me question how ready for prime time this really was but if it does exist, I, I know for sure I would be into it, and a lot of people probably would be as well. Well, Rich, thank you for your time. There's a lot here to process. You can check out all of our Google I.O. coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>